0: Hi, Gauri here. We've collected the best insights from the first 20 Knowledge Base Ninjas episodes into a clear and concise ebook. Simply send a blank email to ninja at bcast.email. That's ninja at bcast.email and it will be sent right back to you. Thank you.
1: Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Gallery Ram Kumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode.
0: Good day everyone. Our guest today is Kate Johnson, senior technical writer for Infoprofs leading provider of technical writing and training development services. Welcome, Keith, to Knowledge Based Ninjas podcast. How are you doing today?
1: Hello, Gauri. Everything's great. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, Keith. So I know I have just mentioned very, very uh, small portion of what you're doing. So please help me understand more about you and uh, how you are related to documentation, just to get everything into a
1: context. Sure. Well, I uh, started off my career as a trainer, and through a, uh, an opportunity that opened up in the market, I found an opportunity in technical writing and decided to apply my training skill through the written word and through all my writing skills. Uh, I was the senior news editor uh, of my college newspaper, so I got a chance in this opportunity to merge my training skills with my writing skill, and I've been doing this for 20 years now.
0: Great, that's that's quite a long time. Uh, so how did you initially got interested in documentation, uh, Keith?
1: Well, uh, when I lived in Brazil in the early 90s, uh, there was no documentation for anything. So as I was training, I had to create my own user guides, training manuals, etc. and sort of through practical experience, I saw that there's a need for physical documentation, and that's how that started.
0: Wow. So it's all coming from your own pain points and uh, the need raised uh, in your uh, job.
1: Absolutely. And of course, in IT, in any technical field, there's a lot of technical information and it's virtually impossible to remember everything. Therefore, it's really good to have a user guide, a training manual, work instructions, standard operating procedures, something like that. So that's, that's how uh, documentation is needed.
0: Fantastic. Great, great. So with this ample amount of experience and uh, um, many years of doing documentation, so what's your documentation process and who do you involve normally in defining such processes?
1: Okay, so documentation for me, if I had to boil it down, there are three steps. The first thing is you have to define the deliverable. It could be a manual, it could be a, a process, uh, diagram, whatever it is, you need to size it and scope it. Otherwise, you'll spend, you'll revisit that and revisit that and never get out of the starting gate. So you need to define that first. And once that's defined, you can do, it's called due diligence where you research, meet with subject matter experts, test the system yourself, and then finally you can sit down and write. So writing actually is the last step. So you need to scope out what you're gonna do, meet with the right people, get the right information, and then you can sit down and write your manual.
0: Fantastic. So what you're trying to say is you first need to kind of put a blueprint of what you're going to write and then start writing.
1: Absolutely. Otherwise, because if people have different ideas about the document, you'll never really get it written. So you need to get everybody on the same page with respect to the vision of the document.
0: Fantastic. So while creating such a blueprint, what are the important factors you would consider to to create the best documentation for your
1: SaaS business? Right, so in creating the blueprint, what you're doing is you are optimizing your resources time-wise, information-wise. Remember that in the business world, it's a place of competition. So for example, Microsoft, they need to get a manual out say in a month. They can't afford to get that manual out in two months because maybe a competitor will have something else out. So that's the importance of streamlining the whole process And it's important to get as much, as hard as I work as a tech writer, you need to have managers and executives also reinforcing, making that document a priority. Otherwise it will never get done.
0: Fantastic. So uh, I'm sure uh, uh, you worked in many organizations and uh, written various levels of documentation uh, uh, with different uh, details in it. So according to you, what role does the documentation play in your customer service or success strategy?
1: Okay, this is just my personal conjecture here, uh, but in the same way that you have a navigator with the pilot in the front of an airplane, the technical writer is the navigator for developers. So developers are working on many things, but if you have a good tech writer on the staff, there's always that needed document ready to go. Remember that in IT especially, there's a huge turnover of resources. People come and they come, come and go on a daily basis, but if you have that documentation in place, like on the web, on a server, accessible, that's gonna expedite the development process.
0: All right, great. So you, 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 you are saying it's got a huge role to play.
1: An absolutely huge role. And look, like I was saying before, the amount of information that we have to work with today is overwhelming on a daily basis. So having quality documentation there ready to go is invaluable.
0: Fantastic rightly said uh, Keith, so again, this question many people have, many many uh, of my um, uh, participant has uh, struggled to answer straight away, but some of them have really given very good uh, answer. Let me hear from you. so what kind of reduction in workload have you seen uh, since introducing quality documentation?
1: Sure, okay, so the process of redaction or editing and review and iterations, if you will. Um, It needs to be done, uh, the the ideal, let's say the the ideal environment is with subject matter experts. So whoever is a player in that deliverable needs to be there for the documentation too. So the documentation can therefore not only be edited and improved, but it can also become a vehicle for testing the very software. So let's say documentation covers an installation of a software. So as you go through the documentation, you're seeing if that installation process actually works. So you're covering two things at the same time. You're verifying the viability of the document, its accuracy, and also the very process that's gonna go live from say testing to production. And of course, you don't want production to fail. So that's your chance to get it right using the documentation.
0: Okay, super. Um, so again, how do you measure that the team has written a quality documentation? How do you measure the
1: quality? Sure, well, today most things are in the Scrum Agile environment. Um, and what you need to do is everything is done in iteration. So um, it's important, like I said, to size the scope. Uh, in, ca- in the case of uh, Agile, uh, one uh, software I've worked with, for example, is called Rally and you can put the user stories into Rally, okay? So you can go through and edit and modify the user stories. Once again, it's important that everybody kind of spends a few minutes with the documentation because it's gonna affect the code that they write, the process they're, they're in charge of. So whoever is accountable, has to be held accountable for something in the Scrum process, documentation is a necessary part and they can't get out of it because it's gonna be in the documentation. So maybe there's something the technical writer doesn't know, that's where the SME comes in and they have to actually put that in there. So everybody's connected.
0: Very good. Very nice. Um, so I'm not sure if you already answered this to me, but do you measure any or or generate any organic search traffic from your knowledge base currently?
1: Um, well, I have, uh, right now I do not have a blog. I used to have a blog up on the web just for uh, tech writing. I don't because I'm very busy with work. I do have a few books up on the web on Amazon. I have a book called 365 Technical Writing Tips, which is, it's in uh, both um, EPUB and paperback format worldwide. Um, I've got a couple other books on writing. So right now, most of my uh, online connection is through LinkedIn and my Amazon uh, author page.
0: Fantastic. So you write quite a lot of books as well, is it?
1: Yes, I do a few books on the side. It's a way for me to affirm the knowledge that I, that I have and to make them accessible to other people uh, worldwide.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. So how are you managing your day-to-day job with all these uh, uh, book writing, publishing? Uh, because I think more than writing, the review might take quite a long time as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, okay, so this is uh, here's my insight into that. Um, book writing gives me a chance to affirm things well, uh many times when you have a job, you're working with, let's say, 25 to 30, maybe 35% of your knowledge base. And writing a book allows you to revisit both of your knowledge base. You, to last and you play with a, a, a jazz band, but you also play some blues. So you go home and you do a blues album. So that way you're strengthening your skills, even though they're not being used in that particular assignment at work so work gives you a chance to obviously do use your skill set but not necessarily all of it so tech uh, writing books in the side gives me a chance to revisit the skills that i've had for many years and codify them in the form of a book and solidify that knowledge for myself make them accessible for other people
0: great uh, now my next question was more specific to your knowledge base but I'm, i can ask you um, with regard to the books that you've written. So what's the most famous uh, or most downloaded uh, book that you've written so far?
1: Um, actually, uh, my first technical book, the Google Productivity Guide did quite well. That was back in 2014. Uh, I also wrote a book called, uh, two books that are very similar, but they're one is the edited form of the other, uh, the Windows 10 Pocket Guide and Windows 10 for Seniors and Beginners. That was back in 2015 and 2016. Uh, when Windows 10 came out. So, uh, those two books have been very popular because people are into platforms today. So, uh, as much as tech writing is is popular, people work with, there are many more people that work with a platform. So, a book about a platform will be more widely read.
0: Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And I do remember you mentioning that uh, you are planning to give some free copies to people who listen to the podcast. Can you talk a little bit about that, Keith?
1: Yes. I I gave you one of my books and you're free to uh, distribute that freely. Yes.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for that, Keith. And um, that clearly shows how passionate you are and uh, how you want to spread this joy of uh, writing documents and making it like a more uh, focused um, role in any organization. Fantastic.
1: And today, I just wanted to add, uh, Gauri, that today we work, uh, there's so much going on, and many times we'll have a chance to speak face-to-face with everybody. So the first way that we communicate with somebody out there is through the written word. So if we have, it could be a simple email, it could be a, even a text message, a uh, Twitter post, it could be a little uh, article we've written on, on the web somewhere. The written word is our very first reach out you know to others the world if you will and through that people say oh wow here this is interesting now i want to connect with this person so you, the written word is very important it's more than just a profession it is a very nice way for people to see who you are what you have to say your energy in general and in that way you can connect and then uh build your yourself
0: fantastic as you rightly said keith that's exactly what we do in our company when we connect with our customers and prospects because we really don't want to just sell sell the product we want to have a relationship with all, all of our customers uh, that's beyond product you know
1: so Absolutely. that
0: that's brilliant yeah super Great. So let's, let's um, start with my rapid fire round questions as well. I'm very excited to get your answers for the three questions I have. Um, so who have you learned the most about documentation from in your career?
1: I would say, interestingly enough, I would say different programmers. I've read the books of different programmers like Charles Petzold, uh, who is a Microsoft developer, um, there's some very good uh, software developers out there in the market, um, not so much from the business side, but more from the tech side. And they're the ones that have emphasized the importance of documentation. Uh, I have a book here, actually on my desk, it's called Developing Quality Technical Information. It's an old IBM book. And this is this book is from, the, I think, the late 70s, early 80s. And even back then, they say, look, documentation is your backbone. So even if you have this huge system and people know what they're doing, still, there, eventually, that need will come, so make sure you get it documented.
0: Great. So, can uh, you just shared uh, the uh, resource that you're recently reading. Um, apart from the book that you mentioned just now, is there anything, any other uh, documentation-related resource you would like to highlight? It could be your own written book as well.
1: Sure. Uh, I recommend highly the uh, Microsoft uh, Style Guide. It's on web, the web. It's free. Um, it Has like a thousand pages. It's basically a glossary of terms slash index. But uh, Microsoft has a very healthy approach to documentation. Most of their documentation is very good. And uh, even though I love Google and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, uh, Microsoft for me has been a godsend because over the years through DOS and Windows and those platforms. I've been able to have a career. So I'm especially grateful to Microsoft.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. So what's that one piece of documentation-related advice you would give to your 20-year-old self?
1: Okay, so the number one advice, the tip of the the bow of the boat, if you will, is to make sure that you're on the same page with the person or the, the entity requesting the documentation. There has to be an absolute alignment Regarding the depth and the scope of what you're going to produce, otherwise, maybe they're going to you're going to maybe they think it's going to take you five days. It could take you a month, and you can't survive if that's your only income on something that's going to take you four weeks as opposed to one week. So you need to scope. You need to determine the document size, depth, scope. You need to get that in writing because there are a lot of things that happen, and along the way, there are roadblocks. For example, um, you know, theoretically, you can drive from Miami to Orlando, right? That's assuming there's no traffic and there's no police, right? But generally, it can take you four to five hours. So that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. So all kinds of hiccups do occur in documentation, just like in code. So you need to get that out of the way right up front. And that way, you have a better chance of attaining that, that, that expectation.
0: Fantastic. And I would also like to reiterate one of the points you mentioned about a uh, process that you first put the book blueprint or you first sit down and uh, um, uh, put a framework of what you're going to write before even you start writing the actual content.
1: Absolutely, because it's, it's a matter of it's about time and time is money. So I don't know whether you're working on a per deliverable fee or per hour, whatever. Uh, it's going to end up costing them much more if things change, because you can't just on a dime, for example, if you're driving north, you can't just suddenly go south. It's, you've lost all that that time. So you have to assess that right up front.
0: Fantastic. Keith, uh, one last question I would like to ask you. So how many books do you read um, on an average? It could be per week or per month, because I can see you, you write and uh, uh, it's like your passion. So how many books do you normally read?
1: I would say I read thoroughly and completely with notes and I really live it. I would say I read a good, say about two books a year, but those books become part of my life. I don't just read them, I incorporate them into my life. So I read them, I digest them, I bring them with me. I read them on my breaks, uh, over the weekends. Uh, my wife has a baking business and so sometimes I have a few moments to myself and I do all the reading. So the idea here is not just to read it, but to see if I can actually incorporate it into my professional path.
0: Right, fantastic. Super, Keith. so thank you again for sharing your unique experience and your journey. So 20 years of uh, documentation journey is something that uh, one shouldn't take it for, uh, take it light or for granted. So uh, anything else you would like to add uh, uh, to this uh, series?
1: No, I just wanted to say uh, best of luck to you with your podcast. This is really exciting. Thank you for having me. And, uh, and I hope that uh, this not only this podcast, but, um, but just generally, whatever you put together for your listeners uh, helps them with their career.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Kate. And once again, thank you for sharing your documentation resource with the audience here. I'm sure we will be advertising it in the, in the, um, in the platforms and uh, everybody would be definitely looking for it and uh, enjoying the read.
1: You're very welcome, Gauri. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much, Kate. Yeah, thank you. Have a good day. Yeah.
1: Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Based Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.